those are the people that you you absolutely have to just take the bull by the horns and try to understand what's what's their problem i mean i I'm a very positive guy, but I, I think in problems. What is the problem that needs to be solved here? So yeah. when I'm communicating with these type of people, why do you think that? Why do you say that? Why? So the five times why question is is a very common thing that I'm, I use. You know, okay. Why, 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 why? And then you get down to it. It's like, because I'm not involved. Okay, ah. now we get it. Welcome to Innovation Talks. Join us weekly as we discuss with distinguished industry guests how to refine and improve corporate innovation and new product development. Hosted by Paul Heller, Sophion Chief Evangelist. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the show. Glad you could join me again. I hope you're having a great week out there and you're enjoying your summertime. Last week, I was at a conference in Amsterdam the Innovators Conference, and it was all about open innovation. I met some really great people there. And one of the people I met is Tim Kidd. And we got talking and we just we just hit it off. There's so many similarities between what we what we do and and kind of how we're looking at things. So I asked him if he'd come on the show and he said he would. Tim has a over 20 years experience as an innovator in large corporations. He was at DSM where Dutch State Mines, where you held a lot of positions from R&D through new business development and, and kind of ended up there as an innovation coach for the top innovation teams and projects across that company. And that's a very successful company with innovation. And then he joined Stahl, which is where he is now. And he came there to set up their open innovation program. And really, you know, connecting and partnering with external parties, having technology and capabilities that, that would help Stahl accelerate their growth. And and so what a great topic. Tim, thanks for coming on our show. Yeah, oh, thanks a lot for having me. Looking forward to it. Yeah. And where are you calling in from? I'm calling in from Maastricht. Maastricht. I have a home office base, but it's not far away from the headquarters mm-hmm. in Stahl. Yeah. At Stahl Gun, you know, we see all this work from home, no, bring everybody back, you know, and then, and then employees resisting coming back. It's strange times, especially in tech, when you read what like Google's going through and uh, what's happening in your corner of the world. Yeah, no, well, I was actually fortunate or unfortunate to be hired during the middle of COVID. So wow. it was very natural to just have an, have a work from home contract and connect via, via Teams or Zoom and, and so on. So it actually was a good timing. I mean, the challenge is to really meet and connect with your colleagues. Yeah, right, uh, right. Luckily, it's not far away from me, so I can uh, go to the office and there you have go. coffees and chats. So yeah. It's important for innovation, isn't it? Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. 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 Maybe, Tim, just kind of take us through, how did you get even into the innovation space to begin with? Yeah, well, I mean, I would consider myself a lifelong innovator or creative person, but it started, I did my PhD in chemistry. And there, of course, when you do a PhD, you're trying to solve problems uh, and come with very interesting new solutions. But I found one of the frustrating things about doing a PhD was not all the solutions, you know, created value. Uh, and I, that always got me kind of curious how, you know, what is needed out there? How could I contribute to that? How could I solve problems that actually meant something? And for me, that was really the the kind of starting point of saying, well, I like this innovation space because it's connecting the the needs and the challenges of society and 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 the modern world, and you know, looking for creative ways to solve those challenges. So, I, luckily, I, I got a job at DSM in R and D. So, really looking at looking for new solutions, 
And over the you know, first few years, I guess I asked a lot of questions about why. Why are we doing this? Why am I in the lab making this product? What does the customer want? Why do they want it? So after a few years badgering my bosses, I think they said, look, Tim, you need to get more into the customer-facing organization, but you're not a sales guy. You're not a commercial guy, but what about going into new business development? And that's really what triggered me in, in, in really about innovation, how to do it, what to do, what's important, and, and doing that inside an organization or a corporation where you have so many, so many resources, but then working with external parties, uh, looking for you know, what are the challenges that are facing, how can our products or applications solve those challenges, and making that fit, making problem solution yeah. fit, and then validating that with the product market fit. So it was really a I really went from end to end, from new technology application development with a small team to market development and customer customer development, also leveraging the the, the commercial teams from DSM as well. And we see so many companies that have transformed from, you know, okay, we have a technology, we're going to invent the technology, and then we're going to push it out to the market to no, let's let's really focus from a market pull. Let's understand what's needed out there and see if we can develop something, invent something to solve a problem. And it sounds like that that journey that many companies have transformed in that that matches your journey pretty well, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. I still see the former. By the way, I still see a lot of technology push out there, and I would say also my NBD role in in Dyneema and DSM was a little bit of that technology push. Yeah, we have a great technology. What can we do with it? And looking for those markets and applications and problems. Right. Um, but I, right. I, I prefer it the other way around. I'd rather yeah. look for the problems and then try and find the solutions. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I was gonna gonna kind of take to the next level. So so not everybody listening may be familiar with that term open innovation. So tell us in your words what that is. Yeah, well, I, I would say open innovation is a kind of a catch-all thing. Actually, a lot of people do open innovation without even realizing it. It's for me, it's about innovating, so looking for value creation, value capture, and, and bringing the two together, problem solution fit, so on, and so on and so forth, through to commercialization. But realizing you don't have all the skills, you don't have all the capabilities, you don't have all yeah. the contacts and networks. And so open innovation really is, is that kind of yeah, catch-all term to say, we're going to do this together. You know, we're, we're not only going to do it within our own organizational boundaries, we're going to look for external expertise, knowledge, capabilities, routes to market, and so on and so forth, and do it in a way that is mutually benefit to all parties involved. I think mm -hmm. that's also critical. It's not, we're just going to be a transactional part. We buy something, we pay for it, you give it us. No, we look for where can we really mutually benefit and find the value across the whole value chain, or even you know, bigger than that, the ecosystem that we're innovating in. Great. So when you, when you think about that, and you go, you start to implement that. Are we talking working with single companies or is it like we're going to bring these four companies together because they all fit into this particular innovation challenge we have? What about the role of universities? How does that fit in your world? Yeah, I think maybe the, the old way of doing it or the initial way of looking at it was, yeah, looking for one partner and, and solving a problem that you know, they can fit. Yeah. I think more and more people realize that actually open innovation is about bringing, bringing an ecosystem of partners together yeah. that, yeah. you know, it can be a supplier of yours. It can also be bringing the customer in. It can be bringing in a, a, a third party that 
can help with regulatory or uh, mm -hmm. also involving governmental organizations to really you know define and drive an innovation and understand what the value is and the impact so i would say nowadays it's it's about looking for all the partners that can solve the problems mm -hmm. that you yeah. have and the challenges that you have but i yeah the simplest one is of course you identify a external partner whether that's universities whether that's startups whether that's companies in your value chain existing whether that's mm -hmm. companies or institutes in an adjacent value chain yeah. i think also there that's one of the key things is you don't necessarily look at the solution because the solution normally you find in your own value chain you look at the problem and see who solved that and yeah. you look outside your value chain and see maybe someone else has solved the same problem in a different application or a different market you've thought i know you mentioned last time we met You've even thought about the process, so the processes involved that might drive that. Maybe you could just say a, a word or two about about that. Yeah, absolutely. I, th I think a lot of people think about innovation, and 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 sometimes, especially those that are new to it or, or from the outside, they see it as a kind of a chaotic process, a creative. <laughs> yeah. You know, let's all get together, have a brainstorm, and you know, oh, we've got a solution. Way fantastic, <laughs> innovate. And I think you know the twenty years that I've had show me that that can be part of it but i think you know it's important especially in an organization with many people that you do have a systematic approach to innovation mm -hmm. and and for that it starts with a vision or an ambition of where you want to be and then then building your strategy of okay what is important where do we think we need to grow and then understanding from the strategic perspective combined with your vision and ambition how do we do that? Uh, can we do it internally? Do we already have the capabilities to innovate? And maybe there are some things that a company has which is already there. So it's you know no-brainer, short-term, horizon one type incremental things. But quite often, and I think now with the big challenges that we are facing, climate change, sustainable living, and so on and so forth, no one company has that solution. So right. I think it's important then to get the organization behind your vision, your strategy. But then in order for that organization to follow and to understand where it is, they need to know where they are in that process. Where mm -hmm. are we in terms of what areas do we look at? So yeah. defining whatever you want to call, language is very important in this as well, uh, mm. to define a kind of a common innovation language uh, so that when you're talking to an organization or people, they understand what you're talking about. So for example, defining a technology area, that's what we did where we said, we look, we need to find technologies in this space that can help us. And there's a reason behind it, connection to the strategy and to the purpose and to the vision. Yeah. And then from then say, take a look, kind of a stage gate approach just to kind of track progress and mm -hmm. also manage stakeholders, which is also very important yeah. as to where you are, what you're doing and what is coming out of that. So that's what I did here at Style. I created a, a small, simple stage gate process, kind of an add-on to what we already had for project management, but really at the front end of the funnel. So yeah. looking at scouting, screening, developing, and then once you've got the concept of a technology that you've demonstrated could have value in the application could solve a problem then it's about bringing it through the rest of the organization because then they see the value and the potential of that solution and they are more enthusiastic about it yeah there you go you know you made me think as you were going i used to ask a question 
early on in the podcast days and everybody loved it. Oh, that's a great question is, you know, the definition of innovation. Cause you just took it more than just what some people might think of as ideation. You took it much further than that. I think, you know, I don't know, it's off the top of your head. If you had a definition of innovation or what that means in your world, it's broad, isn't it? Yeah can be. I've been asked that question quite a few times, quite often by people that aren't in innovation. Yeah. Uh, normally they're saying, ah, oh, we pay your salary. The sales guy in the company, we pay your salary. And I say, yeah, but I pay your pension. And, and so <laughs> what are you doing? What is innovation? No, for me, it's very simple. And, and for me, innovation is, is, as I mentioned before, it's really about value creation, value capture. And, yeah. and it's kind of short statement to say value creation is about understanding where the needs are, what the value could be creating the solutions. So then you've got the R&D guys, you've got the creative people and doing yeah. it and then driving it to the market or getting, yeah. you know, not driving it, actually getting it pulled from you from the market would be better. That would and be a demonstrating lot better. that there's, and, and there you need the commercial people, the marketing, the, so the whole organization innovation for me is not one discipline. I would say anyone inside an organization is an innovator if they are looking at creating value and trying to capture that value at the end of the day. And that can be in a process. It can be in just how you do, let's say, improving the internal climate of your building right. or something like that. Yeah. You yeah. see a problem, you come with a solution, everybody likes that solution. You've just innovated. Yeah, right. And then I like the fact that you took it all the way through getting it out there, whether it's in the market or whether it's in production in your own internal company, you take it all the way. I, I agree with that definition. That's a great definition. Well, Tim, if we go back to open innovation then in particular, what is, what is one of the big challenges you've seen in open innovation? Yeah, I think actually one of the biggest challenges in open innovation is uh, to bring it into an organization. Okay. <laughs> when I joined Stahl, I think one of the biggest things was, what are you doing? You know, you're, you're doing R&D. No, I'm not doing R&D. You're doing mm. business development. No, I'm not doing business development. So there's a little bit of not invented here kind of syndrome. And I've seen that in all companies that I've worked with as well. And I think that's, so that's one of the main things to overcome is, is to reassure and to demonstrate that you're actually here to bring value to, mm -hmm. to the organization. You're here to accelerate what they need. You're here to enable them to solve problems. And you're doing that by bringing external expertise and yeah, know-how and capabilities. But it's it's difficult for some, especially when you're in an organization that is really running full pelt to do what it thinks it has to do on yeah. a daily basis and saying, yeah, but we don't need a distraction. We can do it faster than going outside. We can do it quicker than going outside. We can do it cheaper than going outside. That's where you have to really have quick wins and, yeah. and demonstrate. Yeah. It's no good asking them to believe my beautiful blue eyes and, and say, yeah, you know, it's going to happen. Trust me. No, you have to get them, you know, show an MVP, minimum viable product almost is, is what you need is get that early win, show the value of open innovation and then build on that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess, yeah, there is a lot of friction for sure. People see it as threatening, right? Somebody who may be instrumental in, let's say, core innovation, but doing it for a long time. They know what they're doing. They're recognized as yeah. the person. Knowledge the is company. power. Expertise yeah. is very valuable. Yeah. And so I could see how that could certainly be a threat to those people. Yeah. So so I heard heard communication. That was a big one you started with is is making yes. sure that you know they, they understand. 
Yeah. And then understanding I, I, the organization, success. the stakeholders. Yeah. Yeah. Would you say that there are, is, is it, is it finding the people who are going to be supportive, finding the people who are going to have issues, maybe the people who are going to be your detractors? What, what do you do? How do you do that? Yeah, that's so. When I started, indeed, I you know I, I spoke with a lot of people, and just to kind of get a feeling in the, initially, what is their understanding of open innovation? You know, what what has been said before I joined the company about it? Yeah, what are the expectations? A little bit by that, and then from those conversations, you you see straight away. I mean, some of the responses were, "Oh, it's you." I heard about this. I don't believe in it, and so on. Yeah. So yeah, okay, that's fine. No problem. And then there are some going, oh, finally, got someone who comes in and, and makes it a little bit more tangible and what yeah. we're doing and gives us you know, direction. And then you say, okay, they would be a good ally to have at least to give give me energy to get through this. And there you go. also understand, you know, where there might be detractors or, or people like that. And then understanding how how they influence the organization. Right. Because, of course, you, yeah, there's always people in the corner sat there saying this is terrible and they say it to themselves and then you say okay you you can stay in the corner and keep on saying it's terrible it's not going to impact what i'm doing and there are some <laughs> people that stay quiet but then they have a you know a, a word on the shoulder of one of the leadership team and can be negative and you're like did not see that coming yeah uh, so that's the scary one yeah yes <laughs> yeah you know i i always find that it's painful. It's easy to go talk to the people who are supportive. Those are fun conversations, right? It's just yes. easy. It's hard conversations when you're talking to somebody who doesn't believe in it, thinks it's the wrong strategy, you're going to kill a company, whatever, whatever, whatever mantra they're saying. Those are the hard conversations. And uh, those are the ones that my advice to people always has been, you got to do it. You got to work it. You got to take those Absolutely. painful conversations because it's if you can convert one of those people. Yeah. Wow, you know it's like that's a yeah. Good you use. you absolutely cannot ignore them, especially you know if they are in a position where they they have influence, whether it's direct to the leadership or indirect, because you yeah. you know people talk and there's people have their friends and so on and so forth. But those are the people that you you absolutely have to just take the bull by the horns and try to understand what's what's their problem. I mean, I. I'm a very positive guy, but I, I think in problems. What is the problem that needs to be solved here? So yeah. when I'm communicating with these type of people, why do you think that? Why do you say that? Why? So the five times why question is is a very common thing that I'm, I use. You know, okay. Why, 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 why? And then you get down to it. It's like, because I'm not involved. Okay, ah. now we get it. Yeah. And then, then you can start to look for a common solution. That's uh, That is not a, always that's... works, but you know. I love the advice. Five times why? Yeah, yeah. That's it. just drive in, keep going till you find out. You might find yeah. it's a simple, simple issue. Hopefully, hopefully. <laughs> well, you know, if you were to let's say meet somebody tomorrow who was going to try to set up what you're, what you've set up, let's say, install. You know, look, we need to get into open innovation. We haven't done it yet. Let's start. What what advice would you give them? Run away? Um, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. I give it give it time, absolutely. But at the same time, I mean, innovation in general is always seen as a kind of long term thing. Uh, typically, you're hired to do a job and and have an impact. So I would indeed have a clear understanding what is the expectations in terms mm -hmm. of timing and and so on there, yeah. and try to exceed that. You know, or surprise. So really 
don't take too long um, to formulate a strategy or an approach or a thing. Start from day one, get to speak to as many people as possible. Be very open as well and just say, I don't know what we're going to do or how we're going to do it yet. Mm -hmm. I'm looking at possibilities, and but then quickly trans transfer over to that and give the, these people that you've spoken to, well, here are my thoughts, here are my ideas, here's the plan, and you know we start to execute. I think that phase of it is important, that a lot of communication, a lot of listening, but a lot of then concrete plans and getting through yeah. that. And then really from an open innovation perspective, unless it is extremely clear that the time frame is two to three years. We're looking at really adjacent or transformative okay. things. But be you know mindful that always look for the quick wins. You need to have positive experiments or positive results to kind of give the people something to say, yeah, okay, this was a good idea. This was, yeah. and that's, I think, critical because patience in companies these days gets shorter <laughs> and shorter. Yeah, yeah. What about the executives, you know, in the company, the, the C-level people, you know, I, you need them on board. They need to be your, need to make that commitment to say, look, yes, we're going to invest in this and we know it's going to take time. How, yeah. you know, from your point of view, from your experience, how important is that? God, it's critical. You you need, to, you know, C-level buy-in, absolutely. And and I was fortunate when I was hired at Stahl. This was a new position. It was created by the chief innovation officer who was new to that position also at the mm -hmm. time. Um, and that time, also, it was an old CEO. So actually, when I joined, a new CEO came in a few months before me. But after I joined, he also affirmed open innovation is important. And, you know, we, we need to support this and get things yeah. moving as well. Yeah. So I think that's critical. If you, if you don't have that, then the conversations you're going to have with others in the leadership team or one below, for example, the business directors or other people that have other priorities and other things that they need yeah. to get done. You're going to say, well, yeah, but you and you, you and whose army? How are you going to implement yeah. this? How are you going to change that? So I think it's very critical to get that buy-in and that support from the beginning. Um, yeah, and, and then and then lean on it when you need to. You know, at some point, you yes. know, you're going to need that help, right? And go back yeah, to yeah, yeah, indeed. Commitments. But also realizing that these people have other jobs to do as well, so that's right. very critical to yeah, you know, yeah. use that support only when absolutely necessary, but it's, yeah. it's good to be there. It's good to have it. Yeah, yeah. What do you do when, uh, let's say you're at some point in the process, maybe you have to you have to start using some resources that are sort of outside your group, like a manufacturing line or, or a prototyping line or, or some engineering resource that you know you need, but it's not part of the, the small team you've been in. So now you're starting to kind of reach out a little bit. What type of issues do you face then? <laughs> daily issues <laughs> <laughs> yeah indeed i think like i say every department has their goals and targets for the year and, yeah. and um, you know open innovation it comes a little bit down to how it's organized how how you structure the open innovation how you organize it a little bit because you could do it one of two ways you can have a separate unit with its own kind of resources that okay. are dedicated already or you can have indeed a smaller unit where you are leveraging the resources that are there, and I think there it's it's all about tapping into, you know, what is the what is the opportunity. So really looking at it from a portfolio play, we have this opportunity, we have this problem, we find a solution that could potentially work. We've proven the concept, so indeed, really coming with evidence, it's 
especially yeah. when it's going more into manufacturing and so on. So we've got enough evidence to convince us that we need to go to the next stage and then getting the buy-in of the different stakeholders and comparing it to, okay, what else is in that pipeline? What else yeah. is our, you know, how is this going to help us? And also show the value or the potential value. Right. But right. it's not easy. It's, it's never easy because you know there's always a fire to put out somewhere. Sure, sure. Yeah, nobody has time. No no equipment happens to be sitting on the side not being used, right? Yeah. But I think, so, yeah, I think you're right. And I think if you get if you get people excited about it, if they see, wow, this yeah. would be really, really great for our company, then it's and they understand yeah. that, they get kind of bored that way, then then they, they find a way to, to help out, right? So yeah, yeah and that's that for us it it starts with that initial conversation hey we've got this external party this external te- technology and talking to the yeah. business talking to different stakeholders to really get their feel for it and are you are you interested yes or maybe but and then going with that and and obviously it's you know we'd like to have a uh, let's say everybody on board with everything that we think is great sometimes you have to then you know go with the ones that you think maybe will be great but there's not much interest now and kind of play a portfolio game with it again and there you go yeah i think that's that's great especially it's open in, in any innovation actually it's also with you know the venture funding and so on everyone has a portfolio these days because yeah, success is not going to be 100 percent on everything so it's good to have some options. manageable <laughs> irons in the fire <laughs> yeah that's for sure that's for sure yeah well this is this has been really fun i think what i'm most excited about is the networking that goes along with people like yourself and others, right? Okay, we have our own proprietary things we do in our company. So you're not going to network about that. But how to approach open innovation, how to approach innovation, what works, what doesn't work. There's this the more people we meet, like you and I, and, and we love talking about this stuff, we get ideas, right? We learn, we integrate, we network. Yeah, absolutely. I don't think, you know, anyone I've seen has a perfect solution for this. And it's context dependent. And, and it's also, I mean, to, to go to the Amsterdam Innovators Conference last week, it was great to talk to, to you and to others who have faced challenges. Yeah. You know, it sometimes is a bit of a, huh, at least it's not only me going through this. Right. There is the and camaraderie. The is like, oh, you, you overcame that. You actually, you know, did this in your yeah. organization and that was a success. So it can trigger ideas of how other people have overcome certain things. So yeah. fantastic to network. Yeah. It's one of the best things about open innovation. Oh, it is in general for me innovation in general is to really network with people yeah yeah and i i uh, i think anybody listening has now al- already realized yeah tim is a pretty neat guy i think he'd be open to conversations oh, so, always yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah so tim did we miss anything when you're kind of thinking oh i'm gonna we're gonna have a podcast discussion these are things i want to talk about did, did we miss anything in in there or? no i think overall we we covered yeah like i say the the broad spectrum of open innovation and, yeah. and the important things I think that uh, that you need to take care of. Of course, it's it's all about at the end of the day. I mean, for me, innovation is also about dealing with uncertainties and and doing that in a way using the tools and practices around you. But it's also about mindset and behavior yeah. and right. and actions as well. So I think there that's the last thing I would you know want to say is indeed you know you need to build a culture around that in an organization in an organization. So mm. not only the key stakeholders and the people that will make the decisions, but it's absolutely important for people to understand and and have that creative mindset, have that mindset of, yeah, we don't have to invent it here. Have that feeling of, 
yeah, maybe we can get it done better outside or working with an external partner. Or, yeah. And then they will come and provide solutions to you as well. So that's that's critical, getting culture, behavior, mindset backed up with the right tools, practices, approaches, and of course, the right organization, governance, and leadership. You know, that... That last sentence there of having the right culture mindset backed up with the right tools, supported by the right leadership. I mean, that was really well said. It puts a bow on our, our whole conversation, Tim. I really, like I said, I really appreciate you, you stopping in and sharing your, your perspectives on this. If My people want to network with you and reach out to you, what's the best way to, uh, to, uh, to kind of connect with you? Yeah, LinkedIn is active yeah. on LinkedIn and I yeah. respond to everybody that is connecting to me. So great. We will, uh, we'll put your, your LinkedIn uh, profile in the show notes for sure. And, uh, and let so great. that people can look there to figure out how to, how to connect with you. Well, Tim, I can't thank you enough. A lot of fun. I enjoyed our conversation. Let's do keep in touch and maybe uh, check in again in six months or, or a year and yeah. see how your journey has been going there and what new <laughs> things you've learned. Absolutely. No, it's been a pleasure. Thank you. For your listening, thank you for that. I hope you enjoyed joining us this week and, and enjoyed that conversation with Tim. You could tell, great guy. Do reach out to him if you're interested in dialoguing on any of those issues we were talking about. Take care, everybody. Have a great week. Uh, we'll talk to you next time. Bye for now. Thanks for joining us this week for Innovation Talks with Paul Heller. If you enjoyed the show, please like and subscribe on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple, or wherever you listen to podcasts. For additional information on today's topic, check out sophion.com, S-O-P-H-E-O-N.com, where you will find plenty of innovation-centric content and corporate best practices. If you'd like to discuss anything with Paul or would like to get in touch with the show, email us at talks at sophion.com.